Good afternoon, Nashville Life. Uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Alvin. I serve as lead pastor here, and uh, I'm one of many people that make Nashville Life. I want to thank all of our team who serves so faithfully. Our music team did a great job today. Really enjoyed them. Our production team, we've got people serving with our kids right now as we speak downstairs, our guest services, guys out in the parking lot. There's a finance team, there's a prayer team. There's so many people that, that make Nashville Life what it is. So I just wanna start the year off by honoring you all and thanking you for, for making uh, yeah, Nashville Life grow. It's growing, it's a very exciting time to be a part of our church and uh, we couldn't do it without the team. So thank you. Uh, thank you for spending y'all's first Sunday of the year here at Nashville Life. It's an honor to, to be with you all today. Everybody feeling okay? For the most part, good, great. Well, we're going to get into a message, but before I do, I would love for all of us to prepare ourselves uh, just via this little declaration that we do here. So if you could repeat these words after me, say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Well, the theme for uh, this month and really for these next three weeks is uh, pray first. We actually have a, a, a book we can share with you um, if you want some resources on prayer. Uh, it gives you some great tips on the power of prayer. It's called Pray First. And I love it because it really emphasizes the order in which prayer should be. Uh, prayer belongs first in our lives. And I say that because a lot of people pray, but not many people pray first. And I really believe that the order matters. I preached a message last year, earlier, about how order really does matter. I think you can do the right things, but if you do them in the wrong order, they end up actually not being the right thing because order plays such a part in our results. So if we want to have uh, the right results that God's intending to produce through our lives, it's important that we do certain things in the right order. And when it comes to prayer, man, I just believe that when prayer is a last resort, I mean, it's good that you eventually got to it. But man, I really do believe if, that you can really maximize uh, all that prayer avails to us when we put it first. And uh, this month is going to be a great chance for us to be uh, reminded of that and have some time to, to move that. Maybe it's not first in your life right now. It's okay. This year can be a time where you can put it first and, and really see all that prayer can accomplish in your life. Um, God is a God of, of principle. I believe he's principle-based, and we see his principles all throughout Scripture. One of those principles is the principle of first, and I believe that this principle runs all throughout the Bible. Um, we see it in Genesis chapter 1, uh, where verse 1 says, in the beginning, God, and it goes on to talk about all that God created, but I think just it's, it's an interesting play on words if you think about it, in the beginning, God can really be uh, really a, a theme and a guidepost for our entire life. I believe that God belongs at the beginning of all 
things. I think if he's first, it just sets the tone for everything else. I believe that God belongs at the beginning of our day. He belongs at the beginning of our marriages. He belongs at the beginning of our plans. Um, and the, the, the logic behind this is when God is first, he blesses everything that comes after him. God can only bless things that are under him or after. So when he's last in your life, the tragedy of that is nothing's after him. So he can't bless what's, what's not behind him. But when you put and bless him and put him first, that means everything else in your life gets to be blessed. Every other aspect, every other priority, every other area of your life that comes after him can be blessed if you put him first. It's why the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't, don't just make it a priority. Make it the first priority because then all of the other things in your life will be added on if you uh, seek the kingdom first. We see this all throughout the Bible. There's so much talk of, of, of God being first and, and reserving that, that first place and that, that beginning position for him. Uh, in Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 3, it says, and God spoke all of these words. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. There goes that, that, that talk of order again. Before is saying there should be nothing before him. Everything else in your life belongs after God. Everything else belongs under God. And this is a command, and, and it's, it's good news for those of us who have gods before him, because this scripture is showing that you can actually change your priorities. You actually have the ability to change where things sit in your life. So let's say God is a number one. Today, you actually can make the choice to make him number one. And that's really what these uh, 21 days are about. It's about putting God first. And, uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back. When it comes to putting other gods before him, I don't want us to make the mistake that a lot of people in our culture make. And I think when we think of having other gods, uh, many of us kind of go straight to the carved image and the physical built idols, and since we're not bowing down to those things and, and physically, you know, preparing rituals and doing chants around poles and things like that, since we're not doing those things, a lot of times when we hear don't have any idols or don't have any gods before us, many of us make the mistake of immediately uh, kind of separating ourselves and thinking that that doesn't apply to us because we don't do that. We don't, we don't worship idols in that way. But I want to show you today that gods are not just limited to carved images. Gods are any other loves, any other passions, any other priorities in your life that take precedent over God. Um, when it comes to things that you're interested in, things that, that excite you, things that inspire you even, uh, we have to be careful to not let any priority, no matter how good that it might be in and of itself, uh, the priority of your work, your work's a good thing, family is a good thing, uh, there's, you know, 
food, all these things are good things, but, but the priorities have to stay in their place. Otherwise, they become uh, corrupt in your life. Uh, and the cool thing about God is he's, he's, he's fair. He's, he's not upset that you have other interests. He's not upset that you like basketball or you like music or, or you like to travel or, or you have other things that you're passionate about. He just doesn't want any of those things to come before him. Those things just can't come before him. That's, that's, that's the balance. He's not saying do away with all your other interests. He says they, they must come after me if you are his child. That's a command that he has for all of his people. And if we are his people, we, we, we must align ourselves with that command if we want to stay uh, at peace with him and experience the, the goodness of, of him in, his, in our lives. Um, so over the next 21 days, there's a couple of things that are going to happen. We're going to uh, need to assess our lives. We need to truly assess our lives. And the only way for these 21 days to work is if, if we're really honest with ourselves. Please, please be honest with yourself. A lot of times we, we as Christians assume that God is first because we've just been taught to say put God first. And it's just kind of come habit. But if we really are honest with ourselves, if we really assess our hearts and assess our schedule and assess our thought life, if we can honestly say that there's no other thing that we're more passionate about than him, can we honestly say that there's, there's no other uh, voice in our life or opinion in our life that weighs more than God's voice? Is, is, is there anything that you get more excited about, that you, that you get more stirred up? Is there anything that makes you jump up faster than God? Is there any voice that you want to respond to faster than the voice of God? Is there anyone in your life that you want to please more than you want to please God? That's how we really start to get honest with ourselves and we get past the, the religious stuff and, and get to the, the true reality of where our lives are. And I invite all of you guys, please do not be afraid to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God because he knows the condition of your heart anyway. You can say things all day, but if he knows he's number six and you're, you can say he's number one all day long, but he knows. So there's no fooling him. Let's not fool ourselves during these 21 days, and let's be honest. And if there's, if there's some priority shifts that need to happen, then that's what God's grace is for. We are setting aside this time for us to reset our priorities, making God first. So we're going to need to do two things. We're going to need to promote God to first place in our lives, first place in our passion, first place in our interests, in our attention. Putting him first place and for, for, for God to be first, that means that everything else that was in front of him is going to have to become uh, demoted. So there's going to be some promotions happening and there's going to be some demotions happening in your priority list. And, and you're going to feel it. And it's, it's always a little bit uncomfortable when things are shifting around. But we have to do it in faith that when God is first, if he truly is first, if I have him reigning over every other area of my life, then all the rest of my life will be more blessed with him on top than him in any other position. Because God can't truly do what he wants to do if he's not reigning over it. So let's, let's, let's place God at number one. And, and part of 
uh, the promotions and demotions in our lives and part of, of, of removing high priorities and putting it under God uh, will involve uh, fasting. There's a, there's a food component to this because it's prayer and fasting, and I would love to take a little time to dive into that because I'm fully aware that not everybody here uh, grew up with this discipline and this practice, even within Christian life. Um, but today's a new day, everybody. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verse 18 through 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 18 through 20. It says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is their destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this passage is a, a message to the church. He's talking to the believers, the body of Christ, and he says that, that our citizenship is in heaven, but there's some other people out there, other people that are called enemies of the cross. They walk as enemies of the cross, these, these enemies. I'm like, man, who are the enemies of the cross? So he goes on to describe these people who walk as enemies of the cross, and this is how he describes them. I'm just going to read it again. It says, their minds are set on earthly things. We're talking about the enemies of the cross of Christ, the enemies of the cross, not the indifferent. The enemies of the cross, their minds are set on earthly things. It doesn't say satanic things. It doesn't say black magic things, dark arts things. It doesn't say demonic things. It says earthly things, which translates to me as what we would all consider normal stuff. Earthly things are your mortgage, your job, your family, taxes, vacations, furniture, I don't know, world events, your social life, your friends, earthly things. Then it goes on to say their God is their, their belly? It doesn't say their God is, is Lucifer. It doesn't say their God is some, some witch. It's their God is their, their, their belly. Apparently, there's some people not in this room, way out there, way out there that, that are more obedient to what their stomachs desire than what the Lord desires. Apparently, there's these enemies of the cross way out there whose minds are set on earthly things. But then I love how he says that we are citizens of heaven. And what makes us different is our minds, the Bible says that our minds are set on the things above. I was really taken aback by this description of the enemies of the cross. 
because it was describing a lot of people, including even me. Which is why we've got to be honest with ourselves in these 21 days, guys. We've got to break the, the, the religious stuff and, and get to where is my heart? What truly has my attention? What truly am I the most devoted to? What voice carries the most weight in my life? What voice is the loudest? What am I, who am I the most concerned about answering to and pleasing? And if it's not God, then we've just got some promotion and demotions to do. We've got some rearranging to do. Their God is their belly. It doesn't mean that we can't be hungry and eat things that we enjoy. Thank God. But we're talking about priorities here. And if you find yourself quicker to run and obey what your stomach is telling you you want than you are to run what the spirit is telling you you want, then we have an issue here. And the belly has become a God. And nothing regulates this issue greater than fasting. Nothing. You can pray, you can pray in tongues. Nothing will denounce the God of your belly greater than fasting, which is why for the next 21 days, we're inviting all of us to do it together. Jensen Franklin, a great pastor in Georgia, has a book called Fasting, and I would highly recommend all of you all to read it. I'm reading it right now, and he refers to a particular king, and this king's name is King Stomach. And he says, every time you fast, you are dethroning King Stomach from your life and replacing him with King Jesus. So every time, if you fast, if you agree to do this fast with us guys and you, you, you start to feel some of those hunger pains and those cravings are just strong and you're like having a headache, feeling like you're about to have a nervous breakdown and you think you just really, you know, whenever that's happening, just, just tell yourself there's just a regime change happening in my soul. There's a leadership change happening in my soul. King Stomach had snuck his way back up on the throne of my life, and, and, and this just is a regime change. And, and we all know from firsthand, especially in Nashville Life, leadership change can make things a little bit uncomfortable. So if you find yourself a little bit uncomfortable in these 21 days, it's just a leadership change happening. King Stomach is being put where he belongs, which is off the throne, and the Lord Jesus is being placed where he belongs. So if it hurts, just, just go with it. Just know that the, the, the results will be a resetting of his authority in your life. And you're going to be quicker to obey. You're going to be quicker to hear the voice of God. It's going to be less of a struggle for you to follow his ways. And get the, this is my favorite part. You'll actually enjoy God's presence more. Some of you guys don't enjoy his presence. And if you're honest with yourself, again, I'm talking about the honest people. Religion says, oh, are you kidding me? He's just bliss to me all the time. But, but honesty is like, well, yes, sometimes I am doing it because I just know I'm supposed to. And don't get me wrong. Doing it out of duty is, is a good start. But I want to tell you guys that as you shift your priorities and then truly set him on the throne of your life, duty will turn into delight. Yeah. 
and you will find yourself delighting in the presence of God. You will find yourself longing for time and prayer. You will find yourself not wanting to put the Bible down because it's just like a meal. You'll be eating it like it's a delicious steak. Like I promise you guys, some of y'all have 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 doubts that that can actually be your life. And you thought, I'm just going to kind of do it because, you know, I know it's supposed, I'm supposed to do it. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy. That's better than, than not doing it. At the same time, the Lord is saying he's got something better for you. And if you, and if you allow him to rearrange the priorities of your life and the passions of your life, you will find yourself delighting in the presence of God like you never have before. And that's what I'm excited about. Here at Nashville Life, we have what we call Next Steps, and we offer it the first three weeks of every month. Um, and during this time, we kind of just talk about the vision of our church, talk about what it means to be a part of Nashville Life. And, and we have a, a part where we talk about expectations. If you make this church your home, especially if you start serving and, and leading on our teams, we say we expect a certain amount of things. And one of those things is that you live, you lead a life of prayer and fasting. Um, and this is this 21 days. It's it's a it's a 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. It's a Daniel fast. We'll talk more about that in a second. It's probably the one time that I'm guaranteed to call a corporate fast. And though this is great to do it corporately, if you come to Nashville Life, I want to make it clear that by no means do we want this to be the only time that you fast. This is the one corporate fast that we do, but aside from this corporate fast, I am trusting that if you have a prayer life, that the Holy Spirit is nudging you here and there and inviting you to fast from time to time. It might be a meal. It might be three days. I'm not sure, but uh, I, I believe that it's, no, it's, it's not a matter of if he calls you to fast. It's when he calls you to fast. Some of us can actually retire the, Lord, are you calling me to fast? Because the answer is yes. Matthew chapter 6, verse 18, when he's talking about fasting, Jesus says, when you fast. There's a reason he doesn't say, okay, so for you fasting types, for those of you who are just kind of fasting people, none of us are fasting types, guys. I'll speak for myself. I am not. But because the Lord says when, it means He's calling me to this. This is my, this is my calling. This is my new identity. I, I, I must engage in a life where I am making sure that King's stomach stays far away from the throne of my life. So there's, there's four different kind of fasts I want to talk about today. The first one is uh, a complete fast. This fast usually calls for drinking water only, maybe some uh, light juice here and there if, if, you, if you need it. Um, there are certain persons who should never do a complete fast without medical or professional supervision, but that goes for certain persons, not everybody, certain people. If you've got some heavy, you know, medications and you can't take it on an empty stomach, that's one thing. But let's be honest, guys, that's not most of us. It's amazing how many conditions seem to come to the surface whenever there's a fast. Everyone's got a, a magical note from their doctor. That applies to some, but 
most of us can handle a day or two without food and be just fine. Now, your flesh won't be, but you will be. Number two, a partial fast. Partial fast is when you are eliminating maybe a meal a day, maybe two meals a day. A lot of times, you know, if I do a partial fast, I'll break at 6 o'clock and I'll eat dinner at 6, but I won't eat, you know, breakfast and, and lunch. That's a partial fast. A selective fast. A selective fast is when you remove certain elements from your diet. The best example of a selective fast in the Bible is the Daniel fast, and that's what we're inviting you all to do with us, which is really water, fruits and vegetables, grains, uh, eliminating, I guess, the, the, the choice foods from, from your life. And that's the, the, the meats and the cheese and the uh, sweets and the breads and all the things that put a smile on my face like right now. Um, and then there's the soul fast. The soul is any area of the soul, like social media, movies, news, uh, parting away from those things to make more time for prayer and intercession. And I'm, I, I love this. I think it's important. I think it's good. As your pastor, for those of you who go here regularly, uh, my opinion is I, I'm, I'm into the soul fast. I just don't think it should replace uh, food omission. I just don't. I, I personally think in the Bible, fast is, is about that, that God of the belly, that king's stomach. And I think when we do a fast, biblically, there should be something that, that's causing the stomach to long for more. And, and as much as it's good to, to turn off Facebook, um, Facebook doesn't engage in that stomach like a, like a food fast. So if you're going to do the soul fast, I, I, I advise that it's an addition to the Daniel fast or, or, or something food related. Does that make sense? Cool. Um, I want to end just talking about the why. We do this because we're putting God first, guys. The why is we're putting God first. Human beings, no matter how long you've been with Jesus, we all have competitive priorities in our lives. We have other matters, other priorities, other passions that are constantly competing for that first place. And we as people, since this is a trend that humans deal with, we have to make an effort to put him first. I think the biggest, biggest mistake a Christian can think is that he's automatically first just because you're saved. That's one of the biggest deceptions, that just because I'm saved, then of course God is first of my life. There is no of course. If you are not placing him there intentionally, there are too many other things that are racing in your life for that spot. Too many other things in your life that are passionately and persistently racing for the first place in your heart. And I don't believe that any person can have God first and keep him first without intentionally putting him there. And these 21 days give you, gives you a chance to do that. The last part of the why that we do this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Simple scripture. It says, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. This is a reference to a word from God. God told his people, you shall be holy for I am holy. 
God is inviting everyone in this room to be holy, to be a reflection of him. But before we get too tripped up on that word, I want to break that word down real simple. To be holy means to be consecrated. It means to be separated. It means to be reserved. It means to be made special from all the other stuff. There's a reserve that's, ex- that's, that's, that's set aside for God's exclusive use, which means it's not used for anything else but divine holy matters. When you are made holy, you are set apart exclusively for the mission and the purposes of God. In order for us to be holy, we must get into the practice of consecrating ourselves. Or another word for consecrate, because some of you guys didn't grow up here in consecrate. It means separating yourself and, and reserving yourself and making yourself exclusive for God's use. You're not separating yourself to be distant from the world. In fact, it's the opposite. You're separating yourself to be useful for the world. You're separating yourself to be helpful for the world. You're separating yourself to be effective for the world. Many of us, especially over the holidays, we've gotten a little bit diluted. Almost like, you know, some juice that's been watered down. And the Lord is calling us for us to be potent. He wants us to have a a, a potency, a, 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 a some power behind our punch. And by punch, I don't mean literally. We are not punching people in the name of Jesus. But there's, there should be an, an oomph to a man or a woman of God. When you're in the room, it should matter. And it should matter for kingdom reasons. There should be a kingdom shift when you're involved in a situation because you've taken the time to allow yourself to be consecrated to be untouched so that when you enter the scene, the Spirit of God can be strong within you for whatever the need is of that place, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your friends. So these 21 days, guys, see it as an opportunity to put God first on purpose, to consecrate yourself, to live your life a little bit differently than everybody else on the rest on, on your block and everybody else at work. Not out of piety, not out of arrogance, but out of service. We're not, we're not, we're not trying to get a badge of honor saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a fasting Christian. No, we fast so that we can be of greater service to a dying world. We, didn't, we crucify our flesh so the Spirit of God can be the salt and the light through us for a world that's desperate for a Savior. It's selfless to do this, guys. It's a selfless act. But God is inviting you to it. He's inviting me to it. And I pray we all do it. I pray that we all do it. We'll be here tomorrow at 6 If work doesn't allow it, that's cool. Just make sure it's not sleep that doesn't allow it. Work I get, sleep, weak. That is not, that is, as my pastor, Pastor Pablo says in L.A., weak sauce. That's weak sauce. We can, we can, we can, we can, we can give up a couple hours for God to make us more effective. 
I know that the Lord wants to make you more effective for the kingdom in 2024 than you've ever been in your life. And I'm speaking to the ones of you who've been walking with God for decades. I'm not just talking to the babes in Christ. I'm talking to the saints who've actually done some stuff with the Lord and done some stuff in the name of Jesus and made a difference. I think God wants to multiply that. I think he wants to double that. But, but it's not just wishful thinking. If we, don't, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to condition us, if we don't allow him to stretch us and, and, and work us out a bit and, 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 and change some things and shift some things and cut some things away, it's not going to happen. I don't believe it's automatic, but I believe that it's God's will. So my prayer is that we take a step forward together as a church and, and, and really make ourselves available for some exciting things that God wants to do in us and through us for the cause of the kingdom and to the glory of the Father, right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I honor you. I thank you for prayer. I thank you for fasting, God. I thank you, Lord, for giving us a tool and a, a way to keep our, uh, to keep you first, to keep uh, King's stomach away from the throne and, and, and not making belly gods out of our belly god but but making 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 you first of our over our lives god and i just pray in jesus name that that everybody here would feel just that kind invitation from you god lord we should do nothing out of compulsion nothing begrudgingly god but help us to see it as you are inviting us to a higher place to a peaceful place, to a joyful place, a powerful place. God, I pray that we would answer with a yes to you. And I thank you in advance for all the blessings that are going to come, not just to our lives, but through our lives. There's friends and coworkers and neighbors that you're so excited to reach through the people in this room. Help us to see that this is bigger than us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask us all to stand. We're about to close. I'm going to ask for the prayer team to get in position. And this prayer is for everybody who, who's not sure that Jesus is truly first in your life. I'm not saying Jesus is not in your life at all. I'm not saying that he's not on the list. This prayer is for those who can't say for sure that he is on top. He is number one. Because that's what lordship is. Lordship is removing him from the riffraff and, and putting him number one in your life. Top priority. The God of your life. If you want to make that decision today, I want to invite everybody to, to make that decision. And maybe you need to just reset that decision today and reset him at the top of your life. Repeat this prayer after me if you want, if you, if you want just confirm and, and, and make him number one. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead. 
on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen together. And let's extend some praise to God, whether it's a clap, whether it's a hallelujah, whether it's a thank you. This is the King of Kings we're talking about. This is the Lord of Lords we're praising. God, we praise you. We bless you. We honor you. We love you, Jesus. Help us to follow you in 2024, Jesus. Um, if you need prayer for anything, we're about to dismiss. This team is here to pray for you. They love God. They love you. They came here to pray. So if you have any prayer needs on your way out, please don't hesitate. They would love to serve you in prayer. If you said yes to the Lord Jesus, if you made him first and you want to let us know, or if you just want to get connected to the church, text the word BELONG to 77411. Real easy way to connect. We'll get back to you. We can tell you about what's happening in our church, with our youth, our kids. There's a lot of great things happening. We would love to tell you about it. My favorite way to connect with us is to come to Next Steps. So we're about to dismiss one flight up. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be happy to uh, share with you the vision of our church, a little bit of the history of our church, and just give you some information to think and contemplate while you decide, you know, if you're looking for a church home. It's just informational. You don't, you're not committing by coming. You're just coming to here. So I would love to see you there. And then lastly, if you want to give, thank you in advance. You can give online. And we have a finance team in the lobby that will be happy to serve you. And then there's a drop box behind you if you exit that way. It's a sunny day. The sun's out. So uh, go out and enjoy the rest of y'all's day. I love you. Hope to see as many of y'all as possible tomorrow at 6. Otherwise, we'll be here next Sunday. I love you. Have a good one.